Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 300 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me, as almost always, the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Greg never titles any episode, but today's episode, the title is fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I sent him the notes, and at the top it just said fuck. Because this is episode 300. It's the end of an era. It's the beginning of a new one, but also I'm, the end of an era. I, I mean, we just, will know. Go ahead. I'm just 300 unique episodes of just nerdy news. Like To me, that's like I, I would have never never guessed. I still remember when we pressed freaking play on episode one when there was no edits. It was just play and upload. Yeah, that was a rough time. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we, we will no longer be recapping all of the week's nerdy news. We're going to be moving to a monthly format, as we uh, said on episode 292. We've been kind of looking forward to it. It is, it is time. Our podcast is 2,251 days old. Um, it's time to... Uh, I would have got that trivia question wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to go out. The way we want to on our own terms without being told we're too old to podcast and we're going to be moving to a monthly format. So we're not going away. We're going to make some format changes. It's going to be fun, but we're going to move monthly. So this is your last weekly episode. This is also going to be your last numerically done episode. There will be no episode 301. It will just be October's episode and it will just be titled whatever we want to title it, which I know iTunes appreciates. They hate podcasts that number their shit which is probably why we got lost in the algorithm. <laughs> but what are you going to do? Um, I don't care. Fuck you and your algorithms. That's <laughs> how I think about Instagram every single day. Um, That's tough. And we are like definitely a, a wax poetic couple guys. And so we're going to do that tonight. And a lot of times like shows, they, they wait till the end. I, I want to do it in the beginning because we don't often do it, especially at the top. We usually do this type of stuff at the end. But Number one, we've done this podcast for six years every week, with the exception of a marriage and a couple of babies being born. Like we've been <laughs> extremely consistent, um, and we're we're moving away from that. We the cool that we don't know when we're going to record October's. It's wild to think that. It, yeah, and it's you know again you know you you said you have two kids you know you have a, a busy job. My job's picking up. Uh, you know we both have to wake up at the crack of dawn, so you know we record at nighttime. So it's good to have knowing like. You know, we had to lock down our Thursday night, and if we couldn't make it, you know, you got you know practices, and we're, you know, we're, sometimes you have to move things around. And we were pretty good on the fly, but it kind of just takes a little bit of that pressure off. Now knowing that just kind of once a month we can kind of wait for the the big news, the big stories, or we we see something awesome that we're excited to talk about. Like I, I think that's going to kind of keep the show alive and kind of you know it, it keeps us going a little bit too. Yeah, it, it lets us scratch the itch. Like that's cool. We should keep this, this the uh, skill sharpened. Yeah. I stutter as I say that, which is funny and <laughs> ironic in every way. But like, okay, okay. So how how's this? Saturday and Sunday mornings, T ball. Wednesday night, T ball. Tuesday, Thursday, school. Thursday night, dance class. And that's just one kid. So like, it is be it's it's been a lot harder. I just walked in the door from taking her to dance class and coming home. I put her up in bed and I ran down here, got my coffee and, and we're rocking and rolling. We don't have to do that anymore. And to Sam's point, we might not just do one. We might do more than one if there's something big. Hey, a Sony PS5 showcase. Hey, Nintendo Direct, whatever. 
Hey, God uh, of War is out. God of War and then Pokemon the following week. Do we do one big one? Probably. But still, there are instances where you'll get more than one in a month. Not guaranteeing it, but there will yeah. be instances. And so, like, I'm definitely excited for that. It's kind of one of those things where, hey, something big happened. Let's go talk about it. Exactly. And we can just go do that. We will commit to one. There is no doubt about it. We will commit to one and we'll give you as much heads up as possible. It's not going to be one of those things where it's, hey, surprise. Yeah, it's the month. And we're still going to be active on all social media platforms. So That's it's like correct. we're not going anywhere. That's correct. I'm still going to be posting news stories and everything like that. Our Instagram stories will still be there. Um, all that stuff will still occur. We'll still give you all the week's nerdy news. We're just not going to be able to talk about it anymore. So we wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the format change. And then, again, wax poetic about the last 2,251 days before we give you our full episode and so new format since we're doing it monthly pick of the week it's not the same we're not going to have a pick of the week because there's not going to be an episode every week so sam and i we're going to dedicate a segment to basically what you've been doing i don't know what that title will be but we're going to have some time each we're going to talk about what we've been playing or watching or listening to very similar to the pick of the week but we don't have to limit it to just one thing and so that's kind of been like hey i got to I don't have to pick one or the other, or I yeah. saw this really cool thing, and I just get to talk yeah. about it for a Yeah, we, we, we could sing their praises, or if maybe we saw something that was so terrible that we just have to bring it up for a quick minute. That's all. And so, and so I'm excited for that. You know, trivia, it kind of depends. I'm up 16 to 15. If I win the whole thing tonight, we're not going to do it moving forward. But if I don't, because that's been the trend, um, we'll do it every month until there's a winner for this final trivia challenge, and then we'll kind of put that one on the back burner or cease to exist that sunset it, whatever you want to call it. We'll figure out some stuff. And here's my call to action for all you listeners, because I said last week at the very, very end, last thing I said was I'm still going to continue Andor, but this is only going to be for the real ones. And multiple people DM would saying I'm a real one. (laughs) And I want to say thank you. to I love that. Uh, Thank you to the people that DM us, texted, whatever saying that you heard that and that you're a real one. One person even said, and I quote, I need Sam sign off. Oh, pod's not over. I need Sam sign off. So, you know, we got, we got some dedicated listeners out there and we can't thank you enough. This is, this is our, uh, thank you to you. DM us and give us some things that you'd want to hear. What's some topics or like monthly recurring segments that you'd want from us? Not going to guarantee it's going to make it, but let's get some ideas going. If you want to hear something or you have an idea for a cool recurring segment that would make sense for our show, I'm all ears. I'd love yeah. to hear it. So, like, Of course that. And maybe if, if you saw something or we haven't talked about it enough and you want us to talk about it, mention it. Maybe one of us saw it. If not, I'm sure we'll watch it. That's a really good call out too. Like, hey, you got to check this out. Now we have the freedom to do that. Um, and I, I love that idea. So, yeah, if you've even if you're passionate about if if I have to talk about for all mankind one more time, you know, it's <laughs> you finally <will. laughs> been Sam's pick of the week. I can finally shut up about it. But like if you all are that passionate about something, let us know and, and maybe we can get into it. And that's this whole time. What this podcast has been all about is connecting with you guys and delivering you the news. Yeah. But like. That's so secondary to the relationships that we've built and just the amazingness that is you guys like DMing and texting and just letting us know you care because that's seriously the thing that's kept us going for at least at least four of these. Trust us, the the last two years, you definitely helped push us to get it through. 
hundred percent. Yeah. Since this pandemic started and Sam and I were like, what do we do? Like, do we, we went over the phone for six to eight months. Like it was, there were some rough times there because we couldn't do it in person anymore. We decided like, do we even go back to it? Because no one's listening because of no one's driving. And, and we decided to plug on. So like, there's some craziness in this world. So thank you to you. And, and we'll stop it there and we'll, we'll, I will go over the show recap and we'll have our pick of the week and trivia and all that stuff. We're going to go a little bit different tonight because even before picks of the week and trivia, we're going to do a top three, nay, a top five this week. We're going to do our top five favorite podcast moments in our history. And like the real it's, ones, it's tough. It's tough. It is. But the real ones, the longtime listeners, we're probably going to mention things on this podcast that you forgot about or that like, you were you might have as some of your favorite moments listening to us, and we're gonna go through those. So top five. So hopefully ten unique ones. Although I believe Sam and I will have at least one or two crossover. Uh, but we'll do that. Then we'll get into picks of the week. We'll do trivia again. Sixteen for me, fifteen for Sam. Race to eleven, win by two. We're gonna start off in TV tonight, which one of the most my most anticipated things to talk about in a very long time is The Last of Us on HBO got a trailer. So we are going to talk about the trailer for The Last of Us. Um, surprise, Mighty Ducks Game Changer Season 2 is out, and we both watched Episode 1. So we're going to give our spoiler-free impressions of that. A small recap of that Netflix stupid thing that they try to do, like E3 or the Fandom, but they do it over a weekend, and literally like no one followed it because it's a Saturday and people have shit to do. Uh, but we'll talk about some of the things I ain't recapping that whole thing, but I will talk about some of the things that happened. We got movies, armor wars, which wait a minute, isn't that a TV show, but we're going to talk about it in movies, Deadpool three, uh, Wakanda forever, um, blade and James Earl Jones. So tons of Disney, Marvel, star Warsy stuff in the movie section. Sam will take over in gaming E3 skull and bones, Sackboy, cuphead and Google stadia before he takes us out with his CGC spotlight. I'm sure we'll keep that rolling. That's a segment I know a lot of people love and look forward to. Um, so without further adieu, let's start where we don't customarily do our top five podcast moments in this show's history. And, and, and this was tough, man. I, I definitely took a good bit of time to scroll back and kind of listen to it, read the captions, listen to a couple just to kind of you know, be in that moment and, and and where we got there. It's tough, but my number five, I went with Bearings live at the Foundry mm. with Doug Cousins and Ryan Culligan. I mean, they were <clears throat> being a Bearings. Like, it, it's tough for me to get into new bands. Like, I truly feel like they are like the, the newest band that I, I got into recently. You're welcome. And just, and, and truly fell in love. Like, you know, from them being hungover, eating McDonald's nuggets, you know, right before we recorded. And being at the venue to you know to see the whole band, just kind of see them shoot the shit, just you know right right before to record a podcast, being down to earth, you know take the picture at the end, and just being in that experience, and then to see them live and and hear the songs that you wanted to hear live, and then me and you recording literally in your car after the show. I mean, it, it, that's something that I'll I'll never forget. That was the last. Uh... Show yep. and interview we did before the well, not interview we did a will away the following week, but it was the last live interview and show review before the pandemic. I mean, that's yeah, a I huge think, thing. Yeah, that was what I think March that was like sixth. Yeah, March then 10, day, ten days later, the world went to shit. Yeah, 
And so March 3rd or March 6th, I can't remember, but it was like, that's wild to think about. And, you know, that was not our first rodeo. I had done two or three backstage. You had done one or two backstage. Yeah. I had done one more than you. I did Hawthorne Heights. Yep. Um, but like, that was a wild time and they were funny dudes. And, and we did, we sprinkled in fun facts about Ottawa just because yeah, yeah, we like to yeah. change things up with our interviews. We were we take a lot of pride when we do interviews and I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of interview stuff here in our list, but like we take a lot of pride in our interview skills and the fact that we don't just ask the same old questions that everybody has before, yeah. but we take a lot of pride in like changing it up. And I'll never forget uh, Ian from the worst human said to us, this was fun as shit yeah. like, because you guys asked me questions. I didn't even ever think about. And I took that as a challenge for every interview we did after that, like, <laughs> Let's have some fun. And that was some fun where we gave some random Ottawa facts um, and then to see them live and they, they crushed it uh, was, was a great, oh, yeah. they, hit, they, hit the, great the, they played the songs you wanted to hear. We were so close. It was a small venue and the record after it, it was such a great experience. Yeah. My number five was the moment where <laughs> I told you that we were having a baby for the first time, but you already knew because I'm stupid. Uh, backstory backstory to this one i had found out we were pregnant in may may 3rd i want to say of 2018 and uh yeah may 3rd i think was the date and we were going to tell people on june 9th and so for a month and change, that's five episodes we recorded. I had to keep it from you. You're my best friend. So I was just like, how do I keep this shit from him? This is going to be rough. But I have this grand plan to do it on the podcast in front of everybody and nobody all at the same time. And uh, I'm ready. I'm raring. And I forget the exact context of like how I brought it up. But I told you. It's all ins- coming back to me. And instead of this motherfucker faking it like he didn't know already and just faking being happy for me the first thing he did was say yeah i know and i'm like what i had accidentally i told one of our publishing partners the news because we were supposed to do an interview and i couldn't because of some reason with it and i told them that i forwarded you that email not realizing that my reply to them of we're having a baby was on there you had read it Knew it. Never told me you knew. You kept it. Like, good. Good secret. But then the motherfucker couldn't just say, yo, congrats, man, and just keep it to himself. He was like, I know. And I I was the saltiest dude on planet Earth. (laughs) And And that was one of my favorite moments. And you can hear his live salty face, but me being like, God, thank God. I've known for so long, and I I just, you know, I I didn't crack, but and I didn't tell a soul. No, no. You did a great job. Like, I have to commend you that, but like, you couldn't have just faked it. Like you couldn't have just been like, dude, so happy for. And then later on, I'm like, yeah, man, you kind of fucked up. No, I'm just stupid, and I didn't watch my emails <laughs> close enough. Um, that was a funny ass moment on the podcast that I left in, and the whole thing unedited is in. I don't remember the episode name. Um, it's probably like, I don't know. It's two, it's it's June of 2018. It's right oh, yeah. around yeah. the punchline interview so if you go back through our like 
episodes and you see the punchline interview bonus episode, it's mm-hmm. probably the episode in your feed right before that. So it should be around June 9th or so of 2018. Listen to that one. It's like the first thing we talk about. What a salty ass moment oh, for me. God, that was I, I actually forgot about that. That was good. <laughs> My number four. And I guess this actually because this happened in October 2018. So a little bit after that. We were at the Foundry again, and we had a backstage interview of a band that we've listened to since freaking eighth grade. 2002. May. Yeah. And th- I think this was the first backstage experience for myself. Yeah. I, yeah, it, it was. And, you know, again, to to look back, our eighth grade selves would never believe that we had the chance. And this was our second time we interviewed May. Mm-hmm. The first time it was, you know, obviously over the phone. The but first the P- time I did the the groundwork, I did the PR, and I was the one who reached out to May and got it and booked it yep. everything. The second time, we were approached by their representatives to do the backstage one, which wait, I mean, inside I mean, baseball. What like, an awesome honor is that! Like to know, like, hey, yeah, we remember, and they remembered us, and that they yep. had a good time both times, and that they were so open, just being in their green room and, and re- remembering the vegetable tray that they had bad broccoli, then they took the whole vegetable tray out and they had to go get them a new one. I mean, like, like they gave that, me that, those veggies look jacked. Oh, no, no, they, they like it wasn't like them being bougie. It was like they were served bad, like vegetables, everything. But yeah. they were such cool guys down the earth. And again, they were awesome live where we thought we actually saw his like it, this guy look like the least Dave's older, like his father. Remember, I was it looks like his dad. And then you're yeah. like, it, there's no way I, I swore upon it, but it wasn't his dad. But I, I just remember that that experience again, just being backstage like, you know, always going to concerts to oh, like what man to be in the green room and then to say that we actually were in the green room like me being two different shows you having three or four different shows uh, bands that i love their music to meet them it's i i again uh, it's something that i'll never the, the podcast i i can never i can never be more thankful enough just for you guys and just giving us the chance to have the opportunity to to meet and talk to some of these people it's funny uh there's a potentially a forgotten moment about our first interview with may that you, you may remember when I tell you, but I don't know if you remember now, uh, during our interview, the first time on the phone, they were in the same room and they apparently had taken a podcast selfie and they posted it on their story yep. podcasting yep. with, we podcast and we know things. They never followed us. A ton of our interviews, people like our bands and stuff like that followed us on socials. And like, we always take incredible pride in that. Like, it's so wild to look at our follower list and be like, oh my God, they were not one of them, unfortunately, like Death Cab for Cutie and their lead singer, Ben Gibbard looked at our story. I was like, oh, what? That's just insane to me. Yeah. Um, Like, this is the life we live. And, uh, and May shouted us out without following, but I'll take the tag. I'll take the, uh, the memory moment. They, they did that. And then the second one, we got a cool picture with them and all that. Yeah, dude, like, I can't take that away. Like that, that was awesome. And that was probably like our seventh or eighth time seeing them live too. Like we've seen them live a, a boatload of times. And that was one of the more special ones. That one. And yeah. then me and you went when I was in college to World Cafe Live. Yeah, that was them. that was an awesome show. That was a special night because they played home. And that's my favorite May song um, besides the ocean. And so like that was that was special. But yeah, really cool. Number four. I love it. I love May. I was just listening to May on the way down the shore let, less than a week ago. And Asher was the like, music for dude, like she was like, Kalina would like this band. Like you forget how good they are. And they, yeah. they really are special. My number four is two things, but like they're so one in the same that I'm allowing myself to cheat. Um, my number four, 
<laughs> is all the intros that these bands mm. and comedians and directors and game devs and all the people we interviewed over the years have done for us. These custom intros. Frank at Classic Game Junkie put on a fucking skit for us. Yeah, that's uh, good. You know, opening the door, running back and talking to the microphone after it opens the door and talking about Joe touching the customers and like doing all the shit. Brett Myers, the pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies saying, you know, these guys say they podcast and know things, but I don't think they know shit. And Frank Zumo from some 40 freaking one saying we pod the things we know, yeah. <laughs> like uh, we podcast and the things we know. And it's like, we're keeping it. We're keeping that in there. And we cherish that stuff. And like, yeah. we have an intro from ACE. We have two from surge. We have Joe Rio from hidden in plain view, flushing yeah, the toilet, the toilet yeah, pretending good. he was doing that. We have uh Phil Moore doing the Nick arcade. Yeah. It's Phil Moore, the Nick Arcade man, and you're listening to Greg and Sam on the fly. That man made that up to the Nick Jason, Arcade. Jason song. Page. Jason Page doing it in the Pokemon theme song. Like, oh my God, gotta catch them all. And we know things. Like, are you serious? Like, yeah, did that, he that, really that was neat. That? And so that forever will be a cherished memory. And that's number one of the intro. But number two of that intro of the of number four, and it goes one and the same, is Jake Fine. A good friend of ours, mm. a good friend of the podcast. Yes. Uh, from Origami Crane has come on the show many a time before. One of our, like I said, dear friends. I hope he, he watched Shotgun. If not, I hate, there's going to be problems. He agreed to, at no charge, make us custom outro music for our podcast that we use we every episode. Use yep. And we've used it for 100 plus episodes. And like that, that music you hear at the end of our pod was made by one of the bands we've interviewed for free custom for us. And like that song will, and we went back and forth on it. And like, it's, it was crazy because it wasn't just here. It is dudes. We're done. See you. I'm washing my hands and going to bed. I actually gave him feedback (laughs) and he implemented it. And like, we went back and forth and he got it perfect. And I said, this is great. If you notice now, this is inside baseball. Um, the real ones for the real ones that listen to the end. If you notice every single solitary episode of this podcast with that outro music, I edit it to where Sam's uh, his outro one liner is timed perfectly with the song going. Hey, every time when when Sam's done talking, the song goes, Hey, every time, just a little again, inside baseball. Thank you to everyone we've ever interviewed who agreed to do an intro. There is one person who ever said no. Uh, And, and that was weird, but okay, I get it. And also to Jake fine, Again, he does amazing work. Jake Fine Music on Instagram, incredible yeah. guitar solos, all that cool stuff. Um, follow him like his shit. Thank you to everybody for doing those intros and to Jake for our custom outro music. Can't thank you guys enough. Mm. Love that pick. My number three. It's, a, a, again, another experience where we, we, we took the podcast on the road. And we got to see one of our favorite dudes and two other people. We got to see Ace Enders, Nick Brzezetti, Dom Maggie live at the Lumberyard. Well, now they don't record there no more, but they did. We got to travel to New Jersey. And I'm just that, for life. Blueberry capital of the world. From literally walking through an antique shop of, of you know, again, we, I was I was nervous as shit. You know, you're, you're going to, again, seeing another, uh, another band that you've listened to since the seventh grade. Even though that you know, we've met, had pictures, seen him at concerts, but it's different when you're kind of doing a podcast and you gotta, 
you when know, kind of it's when it's yeah, personal. Yeah. It's way more personal. You know, you're trying to make it 45 minutes to an hour, keep it entertaining. Hopefully, you're not asking them the same question that they've been asking a million times. So like like you said, we pride ourselves to kind of every interview, come up with something new. You know, being in the lumberyard where they record, you know, some of their music, other people's music, to being in their space for like to to get invited there, like it, it was truly an honor. And I know that's something that you and I will never forget. And of course, you know, we got the picture afterward. And again, it, it's, it's it, my, like I said before, my younger self would kick me to know that we've had the pleasure of, of talking with multiple times of Ace, Nick, Dom. They were, we got to interview Dom at, at his spot, like to travel there. We were basically down the shore when we got, went to see Dom. Like that, that was cool in itself. Like to just so many roads, this podcast has taken us down that I would have never expected. And I, I, and just can't can't i still like sometimes i have to pinch myself because i still can't believe we did it and ace follows us on social and like likes our stuff and reads our stories and it's like truly like, like seriously such an awesome guy that's you know thank like i'm glad that me and me and kelly went to get to see him at world cafe live and hearing him play pretty pretty and and all the old songs that you know you, you just never get to hear him play and and i you know i'm getting seeing him next month for early november's was it 20 year anniversary and I'll we're gonna hear those songs because they're all on the the 20 record so yep i'll probably cool finally episodes. hear make it happen for the first time ever and i get to see it at the stone podium jersey i can't freaking wait you're gonna hear open eyes i hope he plays open eyes I, uh, I, pro- I instead of open i feel like he'll probably pretty pretty make it happen and then probably a lot of the hits unless he plays that pretty pretty I, I can make a mess pretty pretty is on the record so they're gonna redo it it's gonna sound like new so they're uh, definitely gonna play that well i mean he, new version when i heard it live it was just like i remembered yeah um and two days later the eagles won the super bowl after that interview so you want to talk about a weekend mm. boy boy howdy do you want to talk about a friday through sunday uh on that weekend that is an unforgettable weekend as a matter of fact that was uh just a couple months after i got married and a month before i found out i was going to be a dad or a couple months so like that yeah. six month period is the some of the greatest times of my life yeah we we, so, we, we went on a podcast tear 2018 we had a bonus episode pretty much every week yeah that that was that was nuts that was nuts the 2018 was a good time um which leads me into my number three talk about guests that uh i never thought possible we had jonathan sheck on the pod now Mm. if you don't know who jonathan sheck is yes he was jonah hex from dc's legends of tomorrow more importantly to me he is Jimmy, the lead singer of The Wonders from my favorite, literal favorite movie of all time, That Thing You Do. The lead singer to my favorite fictional band ever was on this podcast for 15 minutes. Uh-huh. The, the backstory of the little bit, the little window of time you had to do it. Of I think you had to go on a lunch break, didn't you? So I'll give you the inside baseball. <laughs> this is this is us opening up now. Now, like we're no holds barred here. We were brand new in the interview space. I was super excited that we had a lot of early traction. Um, people were saying yes to us, and we were so new, and we didn't have a huge listener base yet, but people were willing to give us the time of day. So I basically wasn't afraid of anything. I was asking everyone under the sun to come on this show, and I had happened to reach out to Jonathan Sheck's agent, aka his wife, um, or his manager. I don't know if it's agent or manager, and I happened to be his wife, and I said, you know, we would love to have Jonathan on the podcast. Does he have some time for us? And she replied back that day and said, yes, he has a 15 minute window 
that he can come on the podcast to talk about his new movie, Dawn of the Dead Bloodlines or Day of the Dead Bloodlines or whatever the movie was. It was a horror movie where he played a zombie that came back to life or some shit. And she's like, here's a copy of the movie. You can watch it. And da, da, da. And she had uh, was under the impression I was press reaching out specifically to interview him about this film where I was in. I was interested in interviewing about that thing you do and just all that other cool stuff and the things that I appreciate about his career. And so it just I, when she said that, I was like, well, I ain't going to fucking say no to that. I'm not going to complain. We had never gotten press coverage. We had never gotten review copies of movies before a couple albums before that, but never a movie. Um, and I was like, wait a minute, is this like real? And I remember sitting down next to Ash on the couch. I was like, he said yes. And she said he has 15 minutes tomorrow morning or tomorrow at 1230. Yep. And this is Eastern time. So he's 830 or 930 West out in Hollywood. So I was like 15 minutes done. So I took I, that that day. I think it was a Thursday or a Friday. I took my lunch break. I only I worked right down the street from my house. I'm talking a two minute drive. So I shot home. I turned on the equipment that I had already set up before I left for work because I knew I was going to be doing it. Shot home, jumped on. Jumped on the call with him and did a 15 minute interview and his wife slash it was on the phone with us because she's there to keep time and make sure it's going smoothly. If I ask a question, he's not prepared for or doesn't want to. She goes in my ear and says, like, you know, next question and stuff like that it was super wild. This was my first time ever dealing with something like that. And so I had said, like, you know, we got to rap in just a smidgen. I didn't watch the movie. I said I did, um, but I never did. And I asked him a couple questions about it, but I, I had transitioned a little bit to that thing you do because what am I, it's, I got to shoot my shot. This is my one chance with this guy. And so he let it go and he talked about it. And I was like, what the fuck? This is real. And the 15 minutes were up and he said, I'm loving this. You got like three or four more minutes if you have any other questions. And I was like, not only did he like what we were talking about enough to like, do it in the first place. He gave us a few extra minutes. And I remember some technical difficulties. I remember I either sounded really loud or he sounded really low or something like that. The, the finished version is not great because I'm telling you, I did the whole thing, pre-production, post-production and the interview in a half hour. So like <laughs> it, it's, it's wild. But I remember driving back to work, made it back in time, just like on this high of like, is this really what life is going to be like? And it turns out that, yeah, 40 interviews after that. Yeah, it's it's a pretty wild life. So uh, if you go back, I mean, this is, I don't remember if it's, it's probably 2017. If you go back way back in our feed, bonus episode, Jonathan Sheck, every month or so on Instagram, I still get a notification of somebody liking that photo of us doing that interview because I guess they hashtag that thing you do or hashtagged his name or whatever the case may be. But that interview still gets traction five years later. People still listen to it a little bit. And so I will never forget the craziness that was that interview. It's it's the shortest one we've ever done. It's probably one of the worst, but it's one of my favorites. And I'll never forget it. It was a true dream come true for me. I loved every second. And I hope you guys enjoy it if you choose to go back and take 15 minutes to listen. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad you were able to pull that one off because that was all you. There was nothing I could do at 12:30. My number two, the the one that's that started it all is is the 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 outside interview, the the very first one with our boy Sergio Anello and Joseph Paulo, who came a little bit midway through. This was in New Jersey. This was 
outside a, a Starbucks. It was like a hundred degrees. I remember sitting at the table, just sweating. It just metal, metal table. It, it, it was packed. Like, so we wanted to get yep. this table to do this podcast. Metal outside, table, metal, it, metal computer, by the way, metal computer. And I remember your, your battery was dying near the end and just kind of sitting there. And again, you know, Serge, he was, you know, he is, he was like the, the bass player of the early November. He was like my favorite member of the band. I'd always go to his side because he would just rock out. Same. You know, and by the back. way, this is also my number two. So when you're done, talking, uh, I'm just going to keep going. And his, like, he, this is a guy back in the day when he torn, he, he freaking jumped off the stage, broke both his ankles. Like he was a wild man. And just, you know, I thrived on enthusiasm at the concerts. He's always be the side you want to go to. So to finally meet this guy. And when he turned the corner, I was like, oh, fuck, there he is. And, and I just yeah. like literally shit myself. Uh-huh. At, and for, for whatever reason, we hit it off. And now I, I can't even, I, we could say this, that we've actually become freaking friends with the damn guy. Good good friends. Not even like, just friends. Yeah, like yeah. regular text messages, hung out, go to bar. Like this is a legitimate friendship that I cherish to this day. Yeah. I, again, my, my younger, I've been saying it all on podcasts, but I, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't even, my younger self wouldn't even believe me if I said this. And the fact we had a great time with the podcast, I think we, you know, we talked you know, before we talked, obviously during the pod, then we talked after. And I think we had him on the podcast at least four or five different times. You know, we're always going to support Surge, anything, whether it's early November related, whether it's solo related, anything, we always got his back. And you know, again, you, you never forget your first, as they say. And I never, you know, I never went to school for this. I never, I never did anything. I, I just went to Greg's house. We press record that does have, that was my training. I never, I never did anything. So I, I was shitting and to, to say that, you know, we had to interview you know, all I mean, it, it, like all the interviews were like, there's always a moment that I'll never forget where, you know, whether we had to wait for D- Danny Stevens for an hour or, or someone forgot or canceled last second. Like no matter what, there's always a backstory. There's something I'll never forget. And to say Serge and Joe and to, to meet, talk, hear their experiences, it, it's something I truly will never forget. Sam says, you know, whether they're an hour late or someone cancels. Yeah. Again, we're, we're going to open up that, that pod, that can of worms. Uh, fuck it. I'll tell you. I'll tell everybody a little inside baseball again. I'll tell you. Yes, we waited for over an hour for Danny Stevens from the audition and now a solo country act to come on and do it. Uh, he forgot that we were on Eastern time. We still did it. It was a great interview. But Sam said, or they cancel last minute. That was census fail. We were supposed yeah. to have Buddy Nielsen, the lead singer from census fail on a guarantee. And it was canceled the day before. Uh, and yeah. you want to talk about last minute. Like, actually, it might have been that morning. It was actually that morning. I believe It was. Yeah. That was that morning. Sam came to my house at like eight o'clock in the morning. We were ready to roll for a 10 a.m. interview and it got canceled. So that was there's that. But yeah, th- this was also my number two. Um, I wrote meeting Surgeon Joe at a random Starbucks and still being good friends with them. And to the point where Joe just released a new record and DM'd it to us three, what, five years later, still DM'd it to us and said, hey, I'd love it if you guys could listen to this and talk about it on the show. So like he still trusts us for his coverage of his stuff. And so and Serge always sends us his new songs ahead of time, um, asks our opinion on them. And like, not nah, you know, he doesn't have to take the advice <laughs> or no, take yeah. the feedback, but he, he's always nice enough to send us. <laughs> he's a nice shit. guy. And what a dear, what a dear man. What a dear friend. Um, I remember doing shots with him at a random bar in New Jersey. Um, this was March of 19 or March of. Yeah, March, right? March of 19. Yeah, so the year before the pandemic. Uh, it was actually Ashley and I's first night out together after Helena was born. So we were very, very, very lightweights at this point and doing shots mm-hmm. one at the bar. And he posted 
a picture of me, him and her doing shots together. And that's Ace saw that. And that's the night Ace followed us on IG uh, was from that their picture. So that's just another cool little story. But like that was our first interview. And I don't know if we said this in the pod last week or just me and him, me and you talking. But um, Serge said yes to come on our show while we were at my bachelor party. So yeah. you want to mm-hmm. talk about a neat like way to kick that off, which was a really rough weekend for reasons I won't won't get yeah. into here. Yeah. But like that was a really rough day for me personally, probably the, one of the hardest of my life. And then to have to go drive three hours to a bachelor party was a really rough. I was down, down hard. And then to get that message like, yeah, we'd love to come on. Let's try and figure it out. I remember running to Sam with my phone, not saying a word, just holding it up to you, letting you read it and soaking it in and just wow, our favorite member of our favorite band is going to be our first ever interview. And oh, by the way, it's live. <laughs> this shit ain't. Uh, uh, you're, not behind, you're not behind a cell phone. You're face yeah. to face. You're looking him in the eyes. You know, you're asking it was, it was, questions. Was like, we had to learn on the fly. How do we ask questions while reading, but while also looking them in the face and also having to like make it sound like it's not read? This was all done on the fly and it turned out that he liked us a lot because we kept going back to him we've interviewed him like four or five times yeah. on the podcast we talk i would say three four times a month we we get in our group text and we just talk and catch up and and everything like that and so you know he's such a good dude such a good friend and and something i will always cherish it was starbucks on like route 30 or some shit uh in in south jersey and i think marlton uh, might have been. Oh, you, can, you can hear the traffic. You hear the, the oh, bikes yeah, go by. You could hear call. everything. There was a time where we had to pause it because of bikes and stuff. And like, I'll never forget my mortified moment of that pot or that interview. I thought the question was going to land well, but I had said something along the lines of like, what was going through your guy's head when you guys decided oh, as a band <laughs> to do and to, to quote, to do the fucking triple. And I was referring to the mother, the mechanic in the path. Yeah. His response was, well, you got to talk to Ace about that. I don't know. And I was like, shit, he probably yeah. didn't like that too much. And so like, that yeah, was a nice but, little learning experience. Yeah. But again, you know, we're, we're, we're excited. And, and you know, you we're just asking at that point, we're asking so many questions. And it, the, the triple album was kind of out of left field. But Ace is the guy to, to ask that one. Too, yeah. yeah and, and so I will never forget that. And again, Joe. Came in like late. It was super seamless. He just sat down and we just met him. We literally met him with Live. the record button on. And yeah. we just, we got to know him through that. And so yep. um, just a wild time. I believe he was there for the second one where we went to their practice studio. He might've been there for that one too. So we might've had him on. I believe we did. I believe we had him on twice. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. As well. So just like, what an amazing time. And that spurred, that basically shot us up to do fucking 40 plus interviews and like that gave us the confidence to know we can do this we're good at this and it's some of the best moments and i I will end this waxing poetic and we'll get to sam's number one with do you remember the drive home i don't i don't think I've ever been on cloud nine. Yeah. More in my and I, I think, and I think that was it. Like, I was just going to say like, you're just, you're like in a euphoric moment. You're just so freaking happy. All your endorphins, everything's firing off on all cylinders. You can't believe you did it. Everything went smooth. All we think was hope was hopefully the laptop didn't overheat and we didn't lose everything. Yeah. We basically, yeah, right. We were worried about the footage or the, the, the audio and also the freaking the car felt like it was just floating. And we yeah. got home and I remember putting it on and listening back to the footage and saving it and saying, I'm never getting rid of this. And then my laptop died. And that was before I got an external drive. 
So I actually did lose that footage. And I remember going and uh, having Sean Corchetti. I gave him that laptop. I don't know what kind of fucking internet browser history type shit was on there. I didn't know. I don't care. I'm not like a creep. So I don't, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but like, I, I gave him that and just said, if you can fix this, it was a MacBook, by the way. I said, if you can fix this, it's yours. And uh, he said, sure. But I said, I want the hard drive and I want the contents of the hard drive. Can you, yeah. can you extract that? And I believe he could or couldn't. I don't remember. But we, long story short, we don't have the audio, the uncut raw audio from that episode. Um, and that's something I'll always regret is not having that. But and I'll miss that forever. But man, the first but the episode's still there. You can still listen to it. It is. And it's still our, by the way, still our number one most downloaded episode of all time. Wow. I love that. I freaking love that. My number one. It's, you know, over six years, over 2000 episodes. My number one moment for the pod. 2000, not, we don't have 2000 episodes. <laughs> 2000 days. Or two, all right, 2000, 2020 days, however many episodes, 300 plus episodes. 2,251 days and 390 episodes or something. My number one, it's got to be you, Greg. I would say you are definitely the MVP of the pod. I would say this podcast definitely brought you and I together. Because let's face it, when people grow up, sometimes they drift apart. <clears throat> you were starting your family. You kind of moved out of Parkwood. And, you know, so, you know, it's not again, it's not, you know, it's not like you, you plan to drift away with someone. Just it, life happens. So you go this way, someone you go this way. And that pro- I think that was happening between us and us kind of just listening to podcasts of comedy podcasts of wanting to start this podcast. Just kind of it, it just kind of came out of nowhere. I was still working at Airborne at the time. And I remember like, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to do this. And, and I didn't care that I had to drive to your house every, every time we we did it. I, I didn't care because I, I enjoyed it. It was just like that escape where we can just kind of just nerd out for an hour. We could catch up. We were playing video games, talking about this. And like you like we've always said, where, you know, whether we talk a day or two days, it, it's it, it always feels like we, we pick up right, right where we left off. We're always sending each other news or or games or, or Pokemon, whatever we're like, we're, it always brought us closer as friends I, I totally believe that and i would say maybe even more friends because we, we have pinno listening and you know i feel like we you know even with pinno you know we've gotten probably a little bit close more pinno i know you guys your fantasy you guys are always connected i i was never really into a fantasy guy but i would definitely say you know for you champing of, of all the interviews you were the guy that went out and got every single one that you took the initiative you emailed you you know blood sweat tears freaking fall asleep editing like i like i always say i would just i'm just a body that i come on here and i run my mouth and i talk about nerdy stuff and sometimes i black out when i freak out but that that that's what i brought to this table and to bring six years to to vent and i you know when there's you know, now there's a gazillion podcasts i get it but to say that we did it for six years and you know yeah it, it wasn't easy like I'm, i'll never tell it like a podcast is a lot of work especially once a week but to say that we got to 300 episodes, I couldn't have done it. Nowhere do I, I wouldn't want to do it without anyone but you. I could not have done it. I, and I'm just glad that it was you. Number one moment is easily you, my friend. Well, shit. <clears throat> Thank you. And I, and and that that's the truth. You know, that's 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 you know, it's about as real as it gets here. And that's one thing we were always, you know, we never wanted to be the, the fake people. We've always kind of hit your raw, honest opinion, whether you, you love this or hate us, we were, we were always real. 
First time in six years. I don't got shit to say. <clears throat> Come on, your Greg talks a lot. You'll, you'll, you'll recover. God damn, dude. Thank you. Because I feel bad. <laughs> My number one's ace. <laughs> <laughs> that, bro, you, you know, you know, it's funny. Once, once your number two is started, I was like, okay, his number one's ace. That's that's perfect. But that, to me, in my head, I was like, I'll get my four interviews out the way, and you know, I, I already knew what number one. As soon as you said it, I already knew what number one was, and it was just, what am I ordering two, three, and four, and five? Well, well, that makes the last six years worth it, doesn't it? Damn, thank you. Love you, buddy. Love you, buddy. I love you, I love you too, man. I, yeah, I do put a lot into this show, and and so do you. But like, thank you for saying that. That means more than you'll know, man. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. Um, well, now I gotta go. <laughs> uh, uh, I, said, I can't wait to see how he's gonna rebound this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sam knows it. I fall asleep editing this podcast a lot because I do it at eleven thirty at night on a weeknight yeah. with two kids and a wife and a job and all that stuff. And you know. <clears throat> we, and, uh, and you know again there's there's so much behind the scenes that you know people don't know because it's like gay yeah, life gets away it's personal on both sides you had a lot going on with, with your life i had a few things kind of going with mine so it's to, a lot to of a lot of say, prep a lot of prep a yeah. lot of a lot of talking very little pausing we don't do a lot of cuts no. um and, and a ton of editing and a ton of marketing and pr and a lot of emails <laughs> so like thank you very very much for that and obviously i I don't think we would have done this for six years if I didn't feel the exact same way. And Amen, brother. I, I think a lot of this, I think a lot of what I'm going to miss about doing weekly, all, although I think it's still the right move. I think a lot of what I'm going to miss is talking to you literally every single day, 2,500 or 2,251 days doing this podcast. I would imagine you and I have spoken 2,195 <laughs> of those. And Easy. so it, and so, like, I'm going to miss that. And I'm sure we'll still do it, you know. In oh, I'm still going to be sending stories. you stories. Don't get it twisted. But And we got a poker game coming up. Come on. Yeah, I know. You, but like, you went from – you're right. Six years ago, I was in a giant doing food shopping with Ashley. And I texted you and said, do you want to do something like this? And you were the first person I thought of. And you said yes. And here we are, this, this you know, over six years later. And – yeah, we were probably fringe friends. We grew up together. We grew up across the yeah. street from each other. But you grow apart when you get older. And I would say we were fringe friends. Like we I loved seeing you, but we never saw each other. Yeah. And to how close this brought us as yeah. brothers. And and uh, you know, it's something I always will cherish and never forget. So, thank you for saying that. I love you. And uh now my number one is Ace Enders. And so that is it. My number one, you already kind of said it, you, you know, there's not a lot I can regurgitate, but like going to Hamilton, New Jersey, which is the early November's birthplace and the, yeah. the hometown where those dudes are from. Again, my favorite band of all time, a band I have tattooed on my right shoulder um, and going into the Lumberyard, which was their personal recording studio studio. And I don't want to take away from Nick Bruzzese of Man Overboard or Dom Maggi of a million bands um vent being the band he was in when we interviewed him but like to to be in that studio with those dudes and to be a foot away from ace enders and ask him all the questions we've wanted to since 2002 2002 um was a dream come true and again for him to then follow up and start to follow us on socials and interact and i go back to once Actually, twice a year, I go back to Hamilton. They have this place called D Donato's. It's a bowling alley slash like kid place. 
and they do big Easter celebrations and Halloween. I'm actually going there on Sunday uh, if oh, the rain nice. holds. So like I remember last year or I'm sorry, this year we were there for Easter. I posted on our story. I'm in early November territory. And guess what? He gave it the old heart. And it's like it's just it's just a neat little reminder that that stuff is real. And uh, I haven't in, I haven't listened to that interview in a couple years, but I still remember everything about it and finding a place to do it. And like we were and here. Didn't and did spill his coffee? Yep. And yep. Uh, not on our recording stuff, thankfully. And we had oh one God. of the three guys, one of them. I don't remember if it made it into the interview or if we cut it. One of them admitted to. Oh, it's in there. hundred percent. It's in there. Okay, Using yeah. a substance. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I it's don't want there. to call that. Per- you have to go listen to it if it's you want to there. find out who that is and what substance that was. But I will say, it's hard. <laughs> it's hardcore. Yeah. It, it's it hard was. I was just. I was just such a great afternoon, man. Such yeah. a great day. And then the birds won the damn Super Bowl. I was wearing my Eagles NFC Championship shirt for and, that. And, interview. and if memory serves, I think Ace was actually wearing an Eagles sweatshirt. Yeah, and a throwback one with the old. Yeah, Kelly that's Green it. Yeah, Eagles yeah. Logo. Okay, the greatest yeah. logo in franchise history. So, yeah, that. This podcast has brought us more memories. We could have done a top 50 and I would have been happy. We could have done episode 300 just talking about this shit. But I feel like yeah. 45 minutes is a pretty good yeah. uh, a time to do this. And so if you're ready, I'm ready. We'll transition into where we generally start, but not tonight. Our picks of the week. Pick of the week this week. I'm jumping. I'm just going to say it. It's Cobra Kai season five. It's 10 episodes on Netflix. This season again showed why you don't need a a world like a a martial arts tournament every single season. You know, I, I get it. You know, maybe one every other or every two or something like that. But there was no tournament. This was basically picking up right where four left off, right where um uh, Miguel's goes to Mexico to visit his his father. So it's like the first three episodes is like the Mexico storyline. Then the rest comes back of of Terry Silver basically just expanding Cobra Kai and bringing in more senseis and just trying to take over the Valley. And, you know, you have John Kreese in jail with his situation and uh, Tori Nichols of, you know, kind of remember her. She found out that Terry kind of blackmailed the guy. So like, there's a lot of drama going on. And I would say that there's, there's a reason the show, it was trending number one on Netflix they found their, I mean, I think they've had their footing. Yeah, they might have missed a season or two or some episodes, some, maybe corny Season two. Yeah. Or three, three, three. Season three. It was three. Well, it was, it was because four, four was good. Yeah. So it, there's still there's some corny stuff going on. But, you know, they really expanded the cast. They put Dimitri he's, as a recurring now. He's not the main. Well, I think there's like 12 main cast members. So they, they're definitely expanding. We have the movie coming out. We don't know if it's going to be this, if it's going to be Daniel LaRusso, something new. I also see that it, they didn't pick it up yet for season six. I imagine they will be, just because the ratings were so high. Um, it's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I I, I love the cast. I, I love Thomas Ian Griffith as Terry Silver. I, I think he, he is perfect casting. You have Sean Kanan comes back as Mike Barnes. He was in the, the Karate Kid 3 movie. Again, this is a show where the episodes aren't an hour and a half long. They're like 34 minutes each. It is a season you can binge, get it. You know, beginning quick, boom, you're done. Again, I, I'm a sucker for the. I've been a Karate Kid fan since since I was a kid. So to see if they're still going, my uh, boy uh, Brenner, the comedian, he has a, a little small role, a couple scenes, pretty funny. Doesn't so. he? Doesn't he work at the car dealership? Well, he, yeah, he said he's Louis like the cousin. Yeah, yeah, Louis Larusso Jr. Yeah, so and I, I, again, stand up comedian. I got to meet him. He was a super funny guy. So I'm I'm always rooting for him for success. 
So if, if you're into Cobra Kai, season five didn't di- didn't disappoint. Check it out on Netflix. It is actually a really good season. One of one of my favorites. Oh, you, you finished it? Yeah. So one of my favorites. I mean, it's, it's just under probably season one. Uh, I actually loved four, but I don't know where I'd go. It's definitely one, and then yeah, and everything else. Two, two, four, and five are just all pretty darn good. Three is not a great season of television, but I'm okay. I'm glad they renewed yeah. it and kept it going because they've redeemed themselves. Yeah, they totally redeemed themselves. Uh, my pick of the week: love, love documentaries. I love documentaries around cults because, like, I'd never join one, so it's nice to like. Not nice. It's always interesting to me to hear stories of people that did and how that even came about. So I love documentaries. I love crime docs. I love uh, uh, cult docs. And this is kind of both. It is called The Vow, V-O-W, The Vow on HBO Max. Um, It's actually getting a second season and it's a nine episode season one and they're all an hour long. So it's you got to strap in for this one. Uh, Nine hours. And then another season of six episodes coming next year or actually, no, October 17th. So coming in like two and a half weeks from now, season two is going to start. And if you remember back it, right at the like, like it was late 2020. So I don't want to say like at the beginning of the pandemic, but as the pandemic was still kind of raging through in 2020, a news story broke. We didn't talk about it here because why would we? But the actress from Smallville, Allison Mack was arrested for sex trafficking Yep, because she was involved in a cult Nexium. It's that cult. It's that the documentaries are on that cult. And she is a main figure in the documentary. Matter of fact, another cult member was Bonnie PSA, Pisces, whatever. She was in star Wars, uh, the prequels. She was in episode two and three. She's another main character. And Mark Vicente, he was a filmmaker and an author. He was in that cult as well. And so like, it basically Keith Raniere, who started the cult, um, we call it a cult. He called it a business. Nexium. It was a parent company, and there was a bunch of other companies underneath of it. ESP, um, uh, DOS, which is the main cult piece, or the main we'll call it umbrella company that was investigated by the FBI and ultimately what brought them all down because that was the sex trafficking one where the women fucking branded themselves. And yep. it turns out the brand, if you turned it sideways, was KR for Keith Raniere. And if you turned it up, it was AM for Allison Mack. Like those mother. So anyway, crazy story. And four members, including Bonnie who from Star Wars, got out of the cult. And it's their story of how they got involved and all of that. And not only that, um, trying to bring them down. And then a mother of another one of the cult members coming in, trying to get her daughter out of it. So there is enough there for nine episodes to fill. I will say, though, at times it drags because anytime you're telling a nine hour story, it's not going to be all fun and games. But here's the deal. Because the source material is so intriguing and interesting and because you want to know so badly what happens and how it happens more and more importantly, because you know what happens. He's in jail for 120 years. They that was in the news. And also they start the doc off with it that you want to keep watching just in case, just in case, just in case. And here's the one part where I'm like, ah, shit is in that last episode. When you want to find out all the things of how it happened, they kind of rush it a little bit of like his arrest and all that. They kind of rush it. However, it was clearly intentional because they leave it on a cliffhanger. 
It got renewed for season two. They're coming back with more. And now in this season two, they're going to be going after the story of the number two woman, the the number one woman, but the person behind him, Nancy something or other. I can't remember. And like her whole thing. And so like, if you like cult stocks, if you like true crime, if you like all that stuff, HBO Max, nine episodes, The Val, season two starting October 17th. I believe that's only six episodes, but you can have 15 full episodes on this cult of Nexium and ESP and DOS and all this crazy, crazy shit. I love it. Can't recommend it enough. The Val, HBO Max. That is our pick of the week. So Cobra Kai for me. Um, the Val, I'm sorry, The Val for me, Cobra Kai for Sam. Trivia, 16 for me. 15 for you a chance for me to take this shit home on episode 300 maybe the stars have aligned hopefully because if we got to do trivia for months and months and months i'm gonna be pissed but sam i'm gonna give you the question i'm gonna give you a chance to tie it up or at least take the half point and then we definitely be going on for longer but it is not an easy question i made that shit hard well you know it may be if you're a nostalgic person james earl jones the voice of darth vader he played a character called Mr. Myrtle in the movie The Sandlot. He had a big-ass dog that they called the Beast. But what was the Beast's real name? Answers, please. <laughs> not in the movie. Not in real life, I mean. In the movie. His name wasn't. He didn't name his dog the Beast. He named his dog uh, something. And what remember? movie was this? The Sandlot. I forget. I haven't seen The Sandlot in years. What, uh, oh, answers. Okay. Yeah. Was the, was the Beast's name Hercules? Was the Beast's name Bear? Was the beast's name Jax or Rocky? Hercules, Bear, Jax, Rocky. I'm going to go Hercules. That is correct. I cannot win. God damn it. I'll, I'll take it. Dude, and, and that was, it was just the other, the other names. They were, they were two on the nose, I felt. I, so her, those her, her, other three names are from 2021's most popular male dog names. <laughs> That's I funny. just pulled up that list for the. That's episode. so funny to me. <laughs> I like I like I like your style though, but I for some reason I just saw through that. I don't know. That that was just funny. All right, I actually got another Last of Us question. Okay. Which animal zombie was ultimately cut from the game? Oh Jesus! Um... Animal zombie. I have. I'm. I have it narrowed down to two. One of them is a zebra because there was a zebra in part two. And I'm like, maybe they just used the zebra in part two. The other one, since it's cut, I feel is like a monkey of some sort. Uh, Cause that would make sense. I think there's monkeys in the college campus. So maybe I'm wrong with that, but let's hear those answers. Okay. You have a elephant, B lion, <laughs> badass. C gorilla or D zebra. Oh, how could I not? Oh, I'm going to not go zebra because they put one in part two. I feel like they got that off their chest. And because I feel like a zombie or I'm sorry, an infected, a clicker ass elephant would be so badass. Can you imagine if that was in the basement in part two? I would have uh, fucking shit myself. <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm going to go with a fucking badass infected elephant. Wrong. It was zebra. No, I'm kidding. You're right. It's elephant. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Sweet deal. So we both got it right by mistake. But 
also, we both got it right on episode 300. So I'll take that as a nice way to signal yeah. that out. But it's 16 and a half to 15 and a half. We're still going for at least two months, people. So I don't <laughs> know, know maybe if in 2000, <laughs> I don't know if in 2022 we're going to get this. Um, <laughs> so that's something. That's something for sure. All right, everybody, let's go to TV just an hour into the show. Uh, and we're going to start off talking about. Well, Sam gave me a Last of Us question, and we're going to talk about The Last of Us right now, but not the game, the HBO series, because we finally got our first trailer. I've watched it about a dozen times. I'm so excited to hear your thoughts on this. I'm going to go to you here. Let's talk about our impressions of The Last of Us HBO's trailer. I I probably watched it maybe three or four times. Like I I'm I'm there. Like I'm, my brain's already there. It, the I world, don't have to see another second. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I don't need to see anything else. Like I'm ready for episode one play. I, I, they, they have something here. I mean, just, just the material is so from us. You know, playing every damn version of the game. Well, you will play the PS5 version. Knowing the story, beating both games to get. You know, yeah, we're probably going to get some of the same story, but we're also going to get something new. So it's not like we're just going to watch the same exact thing we know the game. So like, I'm excited to see what's going to be different. We got that the first look of the clicker, and he looks scary as hell. That that was big because you know I I didn't want to see something CGI. So I'm glad it looks like it's practical. So I because I, I feel like if it was all CGI, I feel like it, it would take a little bit out of it. So maybe if they enhance a few things of it, like but the whole thing for the most part is, is practical. I think that was the way to go. I, I think I Pedro Pascal. He's been on fire since Game of Thrones, and and Bell Ramsey. Same thing. Game of Thrones. They, they I feel like the both stars coming from it, and you know from Mandalorian success. Uh, I feel like they showed us a bit of every. We got a quick look at Tommy. We got a quick look at your boy. Um, um, I can't think of his damn name. I'm Bill. looking for it. Bill mm-hmm. as Nick Offerman got that quick second. And I, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to. You know, I, I told Kelly. You know, she saw me play a little bit of the game. She's like, "Oh, this the game actually is interesting." And I was like, "Yes." And I was like, "Baby, get ready because 2023, we are going to watch this show, and it's going to be tense as hell." And she watched the beginning of the like. She was there with me when I played the opening scene, and she and she did shed tears. I mean, it, it's a game. How where can you not? If if you don't know anything, she jumped in like I never saw this game, and she just jumped in. Boom! Right at the beginning, tears start flying. I was like. This is the type of game we're talking about. And she cried on a game, so I can't imagine what this show was going to do to us. It is going to be crushing. And I think what I'm so excited about for this show is the fact that we have new characters in it. And we saw new characters that we can't make out, at least three. And one of them was with Marlene. We don't know who that other woman was. One of them was my girl, Melanie Linsky. She plays adult Shauna in Yellow Jackets, amongst other amazing roles. Uh, and also, we have the third one of... There was a big explosion. Then you see a woman kind of looking somewhere and we don't know who that is as well. So we have additional characters that we don't know yet. So there's going to be new stuff. It's not just going to be a retread of the game. The thing about the trailer is it moves so damn quick because they show winter and the game doesn't take place Mm. in winter. So, you know, and winter is towards the end of the game. So, you know, that in season one alone, we might get the entire first game or at least damn close to it and season two might be a little bit into part two because part two is is a very massive i mean dude, they they, they can really stre- they could stretch this out like i feel like this first season it, i don't know if it could be the whole game i kind of hope it's like well they show the winter so like what yeah. you know and we know but, david is cast so like 
they're going to go there. I don't know what they're, you know, so. Yeah, there's my, no my, one. I'm, I'm looking on the list. There's no one playing David that I see. Well, I mean, they're going to go to winter. What are they going to do? Cut it at David? Like, that well, that's be, what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe that's the, that's like you the know, best that, part of the game. So <laughs> it would be a pretty big CTs, if you know what I'm saying. Um, I mean, they might, they might. And then they give us winter because winter has enough content to be its own season. And again, I don't want to spoil the game, but it basically plays out over four seasons. If something happens in the beginning, fast forward 20 years, and then the game takes place over a year from there. And then yeah. there's DLC, which is a prequel. And then there's part two, which is a little bit of everything, but mostly a sequel, which is also through a time jump. So like this whole universe, I mean, you literally for part two, there's another character named Abby. You could give half a season or a full season just to Abby, which True. Naughty Dog would be ballsy enough to want to do shit. They made Abby a playable character in part two. So like and, there's that. And I wouldn't be surprised if they really cast Nolan North as David. I would not be surprised one bit. He's he's old enough. It, he he was the actor to play it in the game. He was the voice. Like to keep that kind of hush hush. I think that would be an awesome surprise for the fans. And again, we won't tell you who David is or what David's all about. But it's it's. I'm telling you, it's the best part of the game, um, or at least one of. I mean, the opening is is just. I mean that that's like the the gold wrenching. And then it, it it depends. Like I, I do like some of the some of the gameplay with, with when you're with the bloaters, but there's some scene like in hard mode you had to kill like three of them. It, it was it got intense in the subway. So. Yeah, I remember that uh, in the uh, in the in like under the overpass or whatever. Yeah, in the tunnel. Yeah, and then like there's the high school part. There's the bill stuff. So for me, like you have, I would say a season on the DLC because that's a prequel. I'm sorry, not a season, an episode. You have one episode for uh uh the beginning of and then two episodes each for each season two you know yeah. two spring and, two summer two fall which and, you know you're gonna have some pittsburgh stuff in there yeah. they might stretch out the pittsburgh stuff that looks like where melanie linsky's character is she looks like she's probably the head of the group in pittsburgh that tries to f stuff up i, I that's my guess no one confirmed that um but that Wait, would be her, her character says she's the leader of the movement in kansas city kansas city okay that's new Hmm. Yeah, so her her character, original character for the show, I'm looking at like three other characters that was just for the show. But the one scene that I did want to say in the trailer that was probably my favorite, in, in the game it's one of my favorites too, is when you finally, you know, right after Bill, you get the car run, you're driving, and you see that person, he's fake injured. That's Pittsburgh, and, yeah. Oh, so to me, that, that scene right there is yeah. so intense that yeah. I cannot wait to see that in the show. Like, even just like I love playing it because you have to kill so many people. There is one stab that takes place in the game that I hope they recreate in the show because it, it makes you feel like you're there. It's very visceral. Yeah. Um, but I do want to comment on the on the clickers um, because like the clickers are supposed to be a boss in their own right. The Last of Us is is wonderful because it doesn't have a true boss fight. Um, well, unless you, you can't can like count the, David. The, I well, guess well, you that, can well, count the bloater. In the David, high yeah, bloater, yeah, bloater's the first one, the high school, and then I would say David's the big boss, I guess. And, but like, but like, they don't play as a final boss. They're not extra hard. They're not. They don't have a life meter. It's the, no. There's not. It's just they're just a big part of the game. And I would say the part where Ellie is with David in uh, inside this room is also oh, going to be an amazing. That's going to be it an amazing, tough. dude. Yeah, battle really hard cool. mode, tough. That's going to be an amazing piece of the show where they where they kind of almost feel like there's a horde coming in on them. That's going to be great. Yeah. But like, I I'm definitely looking forward to that, but like the clickers are supposed to be the big bad and they're all throughout the game. 
at least in the first one, the second one, they introduced obviously new infected, but like the clickers looked so good face split open cordyceps growing out of the middle, the big gap in the teeth. Like you really feel like, God damn, that budget went to the visuals and they did not disappoint. And then there's the part where they're walking through the sewers in the very beginning in the rain and like the lightning flashes and you see the two buildings. One of them's leaning up against the other one. They're like, oh, wow, the visuals, they went all out in this. And so I really feel like they're going to be faithful to the game while also trying to weave in the new characters, the new elements of the story. And that's what I'm excited for is the newness and what they're going to add that we've never seen before. And I have a lot of faith that it's going to hit. Yeah, and uh, Riley's going to be in it. She was kind of like the, the prequel before Storm, Last of Us. Storm Reed, I believe, is the yep. name of the actress. Yep, and we, you know, we still have the Henry and Sam storyline. Like, there is so much that I'm so excited to see. We don't have a month yet. It just says what so early 2023. I would imagine February to March. That's what I'm going to guess. Uh, I I hope. Numbers. I hope. Um, but I will say this too. The Riley Reed, not Riley Reed, that is the wrong human being. Yeah, completely uh, wrong this, segment. That's the wrong genre. Uh, that's definitely <laughs> on my internet history. Uh, that MacBook. Um, who is it? Storm Reed. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. And uh, be careful. And not, not, not the other one, not Stormy Daniels or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The Storm Reed one, uh, that whole DLC, you can beat in a couple hours, like two hours, but. There is this really intense scene where you find out so much stuff that I'm really excited to see how that translates. We know Ellie um, has a really big character growth moment with her in that DLC. I'd love to yep. see how that plays. And like you got people all over the Internet complaining, you know, oh, this is this casting's not right. This that, and the other. And to me, first and foremost, my thing to say to you is you're all everybody who has that opinion for the most part are content creators and you're looking for your subject for your YouTube video to get clicks because it's all bullshit. And Nikolai Casty Walder, it was never going to be Joel. Yeah, it made sense, but he was never going to be Joel. And that, you know, it doesn't make, you know, so, but Pedro Pascal, great. Bella Ramsey, great. I'm in, you know, Bella Ramsey looks a little young, just like a smidge young. And we know that in part two, Ellie ages like four years and she definitely looks older and more grizzled. I don't know how that's going to translate. I mean, she's seasons. 18 right now. Bell Ramsey's 18. Yeah, but she looks a lot younger. And so, like, yeah. I'm interested to see how that's going to play because Ellie's got the tattoos and the older and the in the new or in a part two and this and the other. And Bella Ramsey kind of has that baby face going. So yeah. we'll see how that translates. But again, we're years probably away from that. It's probably 2024 mid maybe. So yeah. we'll we'll get there when we get there. And, Kids and like, age rapidly. We'll see that with our Mighty Ducks <laughs> impressions in a minute. And like the last thing I wanted to say is again, you know, Troy Baker, Ashley Johns, who was in the game as Joel and Ellie, they'll both be in the show with obviously they're playing different roles. And you, I have wouldn't Jeffrey. be surprised if Troy is the one who is cast as David. That wouldn't shock me either. Again, that that would be a nice twist. You have Jeffrey Pierce who played Tommy. He's going to be playing as Perry, who's kind of in this uh, in the quarantine zone of Perry. So to get again, I love that they're bring it back same characters and and the, uh who is the gabriel luna uh, we saw as tommy in the trailer and, we saw and, for a brief second and was it um what's her name uh marlene she plays uh, the actual yep. actress from yep. the game I marlene her name. dandridge yeah that's her name she's she's literally just getting the same exact role she has in the game so kudos for them to keeping some of the same stars from the game and bringing them into live action that's awesome It'd be cool if, if Ashley Johnson plays Abby and they just bring her in at the end of season. One. Wait, like, wouldn't that be interesting? 
as the cliffhanger for the longtime fans hmm. of the game. Ashley Johnson plays Ellie. So to have Ellie's video game persona play Abby, which is her adversary, would be a wild twist on things. And so oh, that would, would be cool. I didn't, I didn't even think of like that. That is actually a good idea. I like that. My, my guess, though, is if Troy Baker is David, then it's just David's wife or something like that. I, I bet you they play parts that are very close to each other because they have such a bond from the could be could be yeah being, that's a good point Joel and Ellie. um but other than that i i'm good i don't this is like mario plus rabbit sparks of hope they just dropped the three minute trailer today i didn't even watch it i don't need anything else i don't want anything else i don't want to see another second of this show i saw a clicker i saw them in costume i saw some big moments um that's good it. sold that's it and so we don't have a date. Whatever episode we do, <laughs> where we do get a date, we'll talk about it. Whenever that show comes out, we are going to talk about it. To like and you wouldn't believe. I don't know if we said it, and it will be premiering on HBO. Yeah, and I would imagine we'll probably wait a few weeks. Maybe we'll do the premiere. Who knows? But that's going to be a big topic of conversation come uh, the the release. And Sam oh, and I, have- what whatever month that is dropping, I I imagine we will be talking about it that that week, if not the following week. And and so Sam and I have talked for a while, specifically almost when the pandemic started, of like we always wanted to do a Last of Us one and two spoiler cast of just breaking those games wide open and just talking. And I'd imagine that's probably a good chance for us to do it because if you've watched the show, if you're gonna watch the show, you've probably played the games. Uh, or at least are familiar with the subject matter. So we're going to be busting that wide open when that show hits. It's my most anticipated thing, even over Ragnarok and Pokemon Gen 9. Wow. Last of us, it's my most anticipated thing for the next year. Like that and Yellow Jackets S2 and Scarlet and Violet and Ragnarok and the Resident Evil 4 remake. Like those are it for me. That's my five things I cannot wait for. So there's that. Anything else you want to talk about with the trailer before we move on? No, I think we hit it. Cool. Um, All right. So now we're going to talk about spoiler free, however, impressions for the Mighty Ducks Game Changer season two. It's out kind of (laughs) quietly. They just randomly announced the release date last week, and it just kind of hit the service as we recorded yesterday. So uh, it's out. Let's talk about it. What did you think? Of the premiere episode, 30 minutes, four and a half of them are credits, as Disney Plus does, uh, of Mighty Ducks Game Changers Season 2. Yeah, and you actually reminded me. I, I Again, I forgot that I was even coming back. Like I, There was so little you know, promotion on this show that I, I, I haven't even, like, I haven't heard anyone else even talk about it. But I, I thankfully, I, I was able to watch it. And like I texted you right after I watched it, it, I really enjoyed it. It's still this little darling of a damn show. You know, the way they kind of, um, you know, they, they mentioned Bombay, but they, they didn't like, hey, he, he didn't die or nothing. They just kind of said, you know, hey, yep, uh, the ring's under renovation. And boop, camp's over here. And I just kind of like how they kind of wrote him out. They didn't say, you know, obviously I didn't see it didn't get canceled yet. It didn't get signed for season three. But if it does, it's a perfect way to bring him back. But I, I, I love all these freaking kids involved. I think they are perfect for the show. Josh Dumal, I, I. I always liked the guy. I, I can't say I was never a Josh Small hater. I think he's, you know, coming in great as like a former NHL player, Colin Cole. And I, I think there could be some some fun this season. I think it's 10 episodes. I think I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, it's, I, it's 10 episodes. Um, I, I, I got to say, if you got Disney Plus, this is like a little darling of a show. It's got an 87 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Me and Greg have, have both spoken high things about the whole first season. 
And I think they're off to a great start for season two. I think the way you put it as a darling of a show, I think is perfectly encapsulates what I think about the show and what it truly is. It's a show that shouldn't be this good. Mm-hmm. It's almost kind of like Cobra Kai. It's a thing based on a thing from the nineties that you shouldn't care about anymore, but they make you. Yeah. And two completely different subject matters, but the premise remains. And I think that that's a really good way to put it. This show, I thought, I don't think Gordon Bombay made it or broke it by any means. I thought it was a cool thing to have him back, but I was also very excited for a new cast of ducks. I thought he brought a lot to the show, but obviously due to Disney's vaccination policy and he not wanting to do that, which that's his choice. Um, he's not going to be back. And if they do lift that policy, okay, there's a chance for him to come back for season three because they didn't kill him off. They, like you said, the rink is under renovations. You see a couple former ducks uh, doing that, which was a great little callback to the, to the originals. And uh, they left it open. If something gets worked out, you know, they didn't kill him off or have him move to New Jersey or whatever. So good. Nice. They also moved the show away from Minnesota. So it, there is no chance for him to show up, which is nice. They're now out in California for a, for an ice hockey summer camp. So like, that's cool. And it's, I'll say this, the show did not lose any of its charm yeah. that it had for no. season one. It was sneaky, hilarious. It's still sneaky, hilarious. Um, it's the hockey scenes aren't super duper cringy, like the baseball from a league of their own. Like it's, it's passable. I'll say um, the lead characters, especially the two main boys, they grew up mega fast, different hair, different weights and different voices, but okay. That's fine. When you have a kid's show like stranger things, they happen to get older. Yep. That's just part of it. But I will say, um, Oh, and by the way, Dumel really good as a former NHL player turned coach and, and head of the hockey camp. I really enjoyed that. Uh, there is one part and one part only where I'm like, eh, not loving it is they do this thing where when you have a sports movie or a sports show with a team of 20 or in football's case, 53, they tend to focus in on two to, to seven or eight members of the team because you just can't yeah. tell too many stories unless you're a long form TV series. And in this show, they only have six of the ducks and it's like, this team is a lot more than six players. So, uh, like you're what happened telling to everybody, me, what happened to everybody else? You're telling me that these six kids, the five players and a goalie are the only ones that played. No, 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 no. There were more there. And I don't know what happened. I don't know. Well, maybe they maybe they just couldn't afford it. You know, they did say it was expensive, so maybe they could, you know, maybe tag them other kids. Ah, we couldn't afford it. You know, you never know. I just don't like. At least if they would have said, "Hey, the other kids, what if if the mom? I forget the mom's name. Um, what's the what's the kid's last? Moro, Ethan Moro. Yeah, yeah. If if she said, "Hey, where's everybody else?" and they said, "Oh, their moms and dads wouldn't sign the permission slip," that would have been enough for me to say, "All right, okay, yeah, okay." I, I see that. I can see that. But they just acted like the rest of the team doesn't exist. And that was a little weird. I'm like, the team's bigger than six. I know that because I watched the first season. Yeah, it's like you're easily missing three people off the bat that I could just think of. So that's the only part where I'm like, goddamn. But other than that, it's got its charm. It's got its its humor. It's it's like 30 minutes. It's not an hour show. It's you're in and out. Like you you laugh, you have a good time. And like, oh, I'm, I'm excited for episode two. And you know what's great is when the credits rolled at the bottom right-hand corner on Disney+, Plus, it'll say, hey, if you like this, we recommend this. And it recommended Big Shot, which was 
one of my sleeper best shows of 2021, John Stamos. Um, shout out. And so I'm really, I'm really happy about that because everybody should be watching Big Shot. It's super good. Uh, but that show comes back for season two this month. So um, look out for that in October. I don't remember the date, but I think maybe the 12th or the 17th or whatever. But Big Shot, good show. So yeah, it didn't lose its charm. It's got nine more episodes to lose its charm. But I have kind of confidence that they're going to do a good job with it. Um, it's just I mean, just again, fun. remember the first three duck movies, they were panned by critics. This is way more well received than all three of the movies were like at all. The first yeah. one was a little had a little charm to it, but the rest of the movies, they they didn't do good. Well, D2 is the goat. So, I mean, like when Trinidad and Tobago scores and they go, wait, do go, man. There's no better scene in movie history. Uh, <laughs> and they do their little dance and it's fucking great. And in episode or in D3. They go cake eater and they do the shit in the bag trick. I, you know, yeah. they, they all have their their moments, but you know, good show. Excited that it's back. Looking forward to it. It's cool that I have a reason to turn on Disney Plus every week because Andor is not that reason. So uh, there's a little little ribbon that's fine. Shots with me. fired. She Hulk ain't that reason either. By the way, it's funny. Oof. I like Mighty Ducks more than Star Wars and MCU right now. That's just where my mind as a 34 year old is at. Uh, last story we have in TV, it's kind of a mix of TV and gaming, so it'll make the transition in the movies a little bit, but a small recap of the Netflix E3 or Fandom experience. It's done. I thought we were going to get a look at Yu Yu Hakusho. We didn't. We didn't get anything, not even a still, not even a set photo, nothing. So automatically, I'm a little disappointed. We're not going to go through everything that was announced because a lot of it was stuff we know, but there were some cool looks at some Things coming out that I know that you wanted to talk about. I believe Roni Kenshin or one of those anime adaptations. Well, well, Roni, I don't know if Roni Kenshin was coming to Netflix or not, but they did release Roni Kenshin coming out with a new anime next year. Um, they've released, I, I saw it somewhere on Twitter. I think it was like a minute and a half, but the animation looks beautiful. Showed you the side of his kind of his soft side, his wander, and then the flashbacks when he's in Kyoto when he's the. And he's just the Batosai. He's just slaying through people, blood splaying everywhere. I, I cannot wait for this series. Roni Kenshin, to me, it wasn't even on IGN's top 25 anime list. So whoever made that list, go rewatch Roni Kenshin because you definitely messed up big time. I, I can't wait. I, I would love it even if they brought back the same cast because I, I truly thought that show was perfect. Yeah, we had like an Enola Holmes 2 trailer. We had Heart, and, Heart of Stone, Bridgerton, Queen Charlotte, Shadow and Bone. Um, Emily in Paris, Never Have I Ever, which I love that show, by the way. We had the Wednesday Adams thing, uh, Manifest. Jason Momoa was on there for Slumberland, which looks just super freaking weird. Um, yeah, it, it looked odd. The only one that so far had stuck out to me was Shadow and Bone. I did really enjoy uh, the first season on Netflix. Uh, ben Barnes is kind of like the bad guy in it. And I think he's a good actor. Just yeah, the, mo- the mother to- with Jennifer Lopez got a teaser. You season four got a date announcement for uh, when's that coming out? I forget. Hey, love. Uh, I, I cannot wait to see you. That, that's that been on like if if I didn't have a pick of the week, I've been s- sleeping on you for like the last seven months. But uh, that, the that Witcher. Is- go ahead. Go. No, I was going to say that, that is a good show. If you guys haven't watched you, check it out. I despise that show. I got I was OK with season one. But when two hit, I was bored out of my mind. Uh, I'm into it. it. I, 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 Ash I loves it too. I got to give it to her. The Witcher Blood Origin comes to Netflix this December. Yeah, so that, little... That's the, the prequel of the very yeah. first Witcher. So I'm going to be a sucker and watch that. 
We got a little bit of a first look into Extraction 2, which is Chris Hemsworth's surprisingly good movie that hit right at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, literally, um, no one was expecting this movie to be that good. Yeah, The Witcher Season 3 is coming summer 2023, which was announced. Yep. Lupin Part 3 uh, got announced with a teaser. Squid Game got a little unreleased clip from Season 1. Still nothing on Season 2 there. Um, look at Heartstopper, which I, it's been on my list to watch that, but I haven't. Outer Bank Season 3 got a teaser. I hate that show. I thought I would like it because of, like... Um, the OC vibes that it gives off, but I, I didn't care for it. So that, that's just some of the stuff. Uh, there's some Japan. This is the stuff I really wanted to talk about was like the anime type stuff. So I'm looking up uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Stone Ocean got a trailer. Um, let's see. What else was there? Tiger and Bunny don't care. Moonrise got a teaser. Um, Make My Day. Uh, Sin- what was the big one? Jesus. The Seven Deadly Sins. No, that wasn't it. I, to me, Bernie Kenshin, that was the big one for me. Oh, Onimusha is getting an anime adaptation. The Camp, the Capcom video game, that's getting one. So, like, there was stuff. There was stuff. I just wanted to see. We in, wanted Kenshin. Or we, we wanted, wanted Hakusho. Hakusho. And uh, it's funny, I have one episode left of Hakusho. Literally one episode left, and I rewatched it again for the umpteenth time. Rough still, series finale. Rough. Still, dude, dude, I, I, I definitely like the ending more than you do. Yes, I agree. It was totally rushed. They, yeah. the, the, the creator of the show, he, when he wrote it, he was exhausted. He was physically, mentally exhausted, and he, he admits that he, he rushed the show ending. Is like it was taking a toll on my health. So that is why it is the rush. And we are still going to get there. Are still them two obvious for a live action Hakusho show that's hopefully going to come out early next year with the same English voice actors coming back. Did you check out the 2018 or it might have even been 2020 little uh, 18 minute or 20 minute revival thing they did? Like, that was pretty good. It was like a lo- not like a lost episode, but they did like a little thing there, a little spiritual like anniversary special or whatever. No, I'll, I'll have to look for that. I didn't have to see that. It's on YouTube. I watched it. It was really good. I really liked it. Just put like uh, you Hawk show special or something. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll check it out. I'll, I'll look for it and I'll send you the link if I can find I- it. It was pretty good. Um, but yeah, that's the one thing where I wanted to see it and I didn't. So I didn't care as much about Tudum as I would have for yeah. like a Comic-Con or an E3 or a Fandom type deal. So that was a little disappointing. But at the end of the day, they probably held it back because it's going to get its own time in the sun without anything else. And I'm really excited for that. It's kind of like what Bebop did. They kind of just, I don't know, that might have been at the first Tudum. I can't remember. I think but it was. I, I think it was. I, I do too. But this is exciting and I cannot wait. Because it's gonna, it's not gonna be just like lumped in with a bunch of other stuff and announcements. It's gonna get a nice two minute thing and like let's rock. Yeah, um, I'm excited for that show. Even though not a lot of people are, I am such a blind Yu Yu Hakusho nerd, and so are you. That yeah, I'm gonna give it the I'm gonna give it the old benefit of the doubt, and then we'll get disappointed in another way. Mm-hmm. But let's move into movies from there. We got actually a pretty meaty movie section. Uh. <clears throat> The first one just hit, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours before we recorded today, the 29th of September in the year of our Lord, 2022. Uh, The Armor Wars Disney Plus series is no longer a Disney Plus series. They're turning it into a movie. Thank God. 
And I think it's a great move. I think maybe what they're learning from She-Hulk right now, I think She-Hulk probably would have benefited from a movie rather than being drug out into this TV show because the newest episode was the worst episode they ever made so far. So I think they they I, I think they saw the writing on the wall here. Instead of stretching a show for nine episodes, just condense it into a movie. I think that's your best bet. I'm pretty sure on one of the most recent podcasts, we talked about MCU burnout, and this was something we had brought up. Like, let's see more movies instead of shows. And it might have even been this series that we were. I said, yeah, I'd probably like to see it more as a movie. It was either this or Secret Secret Invasion. I can't remember. Or Ironheart, which one, it was one of those three. No, I, 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 think, I think it was Armor Wars. I'm, I'm pretty sure you called it. And um, yeah. maybe they listened to the podcast. <laughs> hey, listen, Ace Enders and Surge do. So, like, <laughs> uh, but I think this is a good move. It's actually not the first time that the MCU and, and Marvel have said, like, we're changing it up. Hawkeye was supposed to be a movie. And they said, no, this plays better as a TV series. And by the way, they were spot on. That's a very good TV series. Yeah, still probably the best one they made. And so, and so, like, I have faith that this is the right move. I also just don't think there's enough interest in Don Cheadle's uh, uh, character to, yeah, to justify a six or eight episode series. And so give us what we need and let's move on because it's going to be a throwaway for a lot of people, myself included. And let's just get the plot that we need. Let's get the cool couple cameos. Let's get the big cliffhanger and let's move on to the next project because that's, yeah. that's just where I think it needs to be. Anything else? No, you, you hit it. Deadpool 3. A lot of times this would be a lead story, but Deadpool 3 has a release date. The problem is that it's two years from now. September 6th, 2024. I, I don't mind that date at all. I think that's perfect. We have, again, like we just said, Marvel burnout. There have been churning so many different shows, movies. So I'm two years, I don't mind because of the re of, of who else is appearing in this movie is why it's like, I waited this long. I, I thought, I thought my man was done in the role after 21 years. I thought he was, I thought he hung up the claws, but he's coming back for one more. Hugh Jackman will reprise his role as Wolverine in this movie. And we don't know if that's a cameo or what it's going to be, but we know it's going to be fun because whenever those two, I mean, if you've seen the Deadpool movies, you know how much he idolizes Hugh Jackman, oh. specifically Hugh Jackman, as Wolverine, and so it'll be nice to see yeah, him the, back in the role, even if it's for five minutes. It'll be fine. You no, know, Timmy. Dude, th- th- there is no cameo. The way they set this up, like how he, you know, you, you hear Reynolds talking, and yeah, you think it's like uh, something goof, and then when he just nonchalant, "Hey, Hugh, you want to come back as Wolverine?" Yeah, Ryan, sure. Like, and then the next day they have a clip of them just kind of just it's gonna be action packed violence, and I think that's exactly what we're gonna. I think we're gonna get them two fighting for a little bit. And then it's going to be them two on the same side, you know, teaming up to fight somebody. I cannot wait. You know, Reynolds has been trying to get this made for God knows how many years. And I mean, I can't blame Hugh for not wanting to. I mean, I'm sure he's going to have to, you know, get back into Logan shape and, and working out again all crazy. But I cannot wait to see what these two guys come up with. You know, with these their talent, the fight choreography with the Deadpool. I, dude, I, I am excited as hell. And I, I love how they explained, like, Logan, we're not touching that. Logan's its own thing. This is going to be way before, and I I cannot wait to see him back in the claws. I have to watch Logan. Yeah, dude, Lo- Logan's, you know, again, black and white. Lots. Of, I mean, there is a colored version, but I don't know. I saw it black and white, and it's, I don't know. I think it for this movie, it might be better to see it in black and white. I'm going to go color because uh, 
I, I've watched Better Call Saul way too many times. Yeah, true. And it wasn't your thing. So yeah, good point. I'm I'm kind of not over the black and white. I'm kind of just like, yeah, um, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, uh, <clears throat> moving on as I'm sorry, I just saw a hit in the football game that one of the players got his head drilled down and now his hands are locked and he's, they're going to have to bring a card out. And then oh, deal with it. So to a tongue of Iowa, I hope uh, you're okay. The quarterback of the Miami dolphins, but moving on black Panther, Wakanda forever will reportedly have a runtime of two hours and 41 minutes, making it the second longest MCU film. Holy crap. Uh, definitely a little long. Um, almost three hours in, in the damn theater. I mean, I, I got to say it. Like I always say, I see all the Marvel movies, but this one, I just, I may not have, I may have to hold off on coffee in the morning. Dude, three hours with previews and credits. Yeah, no, that's it's what I'm saying. That's, that's three, easy, easy three hours. So that's, I can't, can't drink too much water for me. I might even start that day before. I ain't going to be there. I'll tell you that much right now. If I didn't see Thor Love and Thunder in theaters, I sh- sure as shit ain't seeing Wakanda forever. I didn't necessarily care for the first Black Panther. I thought the CG was really, really, really weird and kind of wonky. I like the style, but I don't like, uh, I just didn't like the movie that much, except mm-hmm. for Killmonger was great. Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger was fantastic, but um, yeah, not, not my thing. And so I also feel like it's just way too soon to have a new Black Panther movie with Chadwick Boseman's passing. Um, I just, that's going to be a lot to get over. I still feel like that's one of the hardest losses in a long yeah. time. Yeah. By the way, RIP Coolio. Uh, 24 yeah, years man. Ago. Damn, that came out of nowhere. And it, that came out Shame. of absolutely nowhere. Cardiac arrest inside of his friend's bathroom. That's some Elvis Presley shit. Yeah, it's, that's, that's a damn shame. Yeah, it really Rest is. Rest in peace. Uh, so Black, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, you'll be there, I'd imagine, weekend one. Yeah, probably usually that. I usually try to sneak in there on like a Saturday or Sunday or something. You get you get that matinee price. You get that like empty well, theater. Dude, look. well, we, if you know, if I you know, maybe even for Fridays, I'm I'm lucky. I'm that I'm off from usually work on Fridays. That if I get 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 there, you know, eleven, twelve o'clock, the theater's empty. Everyone's at work. Everyone's at school. So that's over usually under, what I go to. Over under one point one billion. Gross. I don't know. It, it all depends. I mean, right now, just with the market, I would say under as of wow. right now, just because it's, it's it's been dead, man. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go 1.2 billion on this movie okay. as a gross. Maybe 1.3. What did the first one do? Maybe I'm way off. Because first, the first one, one did 1.348 billion. Oh, I'm okay. Uh, I'm going to go. So you're, you're, to me, you're you're playing it safe. I'm the one gone. Like, I don't know. We'll see what, what you know, we'll see. I'll go 1.4. I think it'll outgross the first movie. Um, there you go. I probably should have done a little research on that one. But yeah, 1.4 billion for me on that is my prediction for how much money that movie will make. Even though times are different um, yeah. and theaters may not be as packed, I think Spider-Man No Way Home showed us that when people want to get out there, they're going to get out there. And so, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Okay. Basim Tariq will no longer direct the blade movie the mcu blade movie he will remain as an executive producer so this movie right now is in kind of a world of hurt uh what are you thinking well i mean there's been reports now that even Ali has been frustrated of kind of with this script saying there's only like 90 pages written there's only two mediocre fight scenes now with the scheduling conflicts and director leaving it just pushed the movie back because they were supposed to start filming in like a week or two then I just heard they, they pushed it back again. So, 
right now the movie is scheduled to come out in November 3rd, 2023. This is going to be a 2024 movie guaranteed. Hmm. Mm. Guaranteed. Yeah, they're 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 still rewriting. Now they want to rewrite the script. Now they're saying now filming could be early 2023. This is a 2024 movie. Yeah, but that and you know you have that and Fantastic Four reboot and now uh, Deadpool three like all kind of happening that same year. I mean, don't get me wrong, that could be a very good year. Also, Blade could also flop very very hard. I also wouldn't mind Blade getting the uh, Hawkeye slash Iron. Uh, armor wars treatment and going to a tv series and shifting that would that could be very cool and if you only have these mediocre fight scenes well that disney plus tv budget might be more suited for this type of project i don't know i'm sure that the blade fans out there would probably prefer a theatrical release as a as a featured film however you know this might work better as a disney plus series time will tell we'll probably end up getting it as a theatrical thing but like with these issues and this potential and reported script issue where does this movie fall then? Where does this fall in order of importance in the MCU phase timeline? Where does this fall in like, if you only have this script written reportedly, we don't know for sure, but like, if it really is this, how important does Marvel see this movie? Or are they just trying to check a box with a character that is beloved, but not oft used? I just feel like. Well, it, in that report that I read of kind of, that Kevin Feige is being stretched very thin that I guess his focus, he kind of blades been kind of on the back burner. So hopefully they do turn it around because you know, this movie was supposed to feature the Ebony blade. So I imagine that we were going to see, um, was it the black Knight, um, Kit Harrington's character. So I'm, I'm interested to see what, what, what goes from here. Cause I love blade. I, I still consider Wesley Snipes blade one and two is perfect. I mean, without blade, you know, Marvel would, would be nothing right now. So before everyone says Iron Man, it's, you know, Blade was first. So I, I really think that they got to get this one right. Because if not, you know, then you, if they get it wrong, you failed because you had the first two what Wesley did that everyone holds in such high regard. Mm. And small update, they had to bring out a stretcher, unfortunately, onto the field oh, for Tua Tungavailoa, the, the quarterback of the Dolphins. It is not good. Do not watch the replay. Um, all right. Moving on to our last story in movies before we go on to gaming. James Earl Jones is stepping away from voicing Darth Vader in favor of AI recreations. So it'll still be his voice, but no longer him going into the booth and actually doing the voiceovers. I mean, I, I, I don't blame him at all. My man's 91 years old. Keep he's rocking, he's had a, a hell of a career. And I believe he, even when they were in, when they did the Obi-Wan, it wasn't, I don't think he re-recorded. It was just the AI system. So, I mean, again, it'll, it'll always be him. People always know him for the voice. No one will ever take that away. But just, I mean, hey, 91 years old, hell of a career, still going, just, you know, legend. I mean, his most infamous role probably is Darth Vader, but he also is the voice of Mufasa um, and has done a ton of projects there, too. My original trivia question was how many times did he voice Darth Vader? But I didn't want to get it wrong So with a number like that, so I... I uh, didn't go there. I just went with Sandlot. But James Earl Jones is a legend, like you said. I mean, was it Field of Dreams too? He was that coming to America, like you know, the, the Sandlot. Like he was in a lot of stuff. Yeah, sure was. So uh, you know, we'll still hear his voice as Darth Vader, but it just won't be him doing the booth work again. Ninety-one years old. Jeez, Louise, it's about time. You know, God bless him. him. All right, Sam. Let's let's do this, man. I'm excited for this one. Yep. 
let me take it over in gaming and about time. We're going to kick it off. E3's officially back as they announced the 2023's event will be held June 13th through the 16th. And I think that that means the return of the June Nintendo Direct, the big E3 spotlight. I mean, like they didn't do one this year. There wasn't an E3 this year. There wasn't an E3 in 2020. They didn't do one in 2020. They had E3 in 2021. And guess what? There was one in 2021. So as E3 goes, goes the June Direct. So I can at least say with with confidence there will be a Nintendo Direct in June and it will be massive and all will be happy. Uh, However, such is the case that PlayStation probably still won't be there. Xbox definitely will. They rely on that um, pretty heavily. As a matter of fact, they rely on that. So I'm excited. However, uh, at the same time, does anybody really care? I don't know. I don't, we'll I don't think we need it. Like, I, honestly, the day and age right now, E3 is pointless. Um, so, like, the concept of it is if you are not a developer. But if yeah. you're a developer, you kind of need it as a live event. They're doing a mix of live and virtual, but there will be a live portion. This was a great chance back in the day, we'll call it, for like small indie developers to get their game on a stage and for people to see it and like for relationships to be built and behind the scenes deals to be made and things like that to be wined and dined. And so like it brings back that aspect for smaller games to get noticed. But also you're right. The bigger piece of it, it's not necessary when all it takes right now is for a company to just put on their own digital event. Yep. Whenever they want, a la Sony, a la, well, Ubisoft, although let's call it what it is. They're not necessary. Yeah. Ubisoft forwards are terrible. But like you're right. I, at the whole, we don't need E3. But at the same time, E3 is so synonymous with gaming that like the casual people and fan, they they do look up for it. And ourselves included. We do our predictions and all that stuff every year. So it'll be it'll be at least fun to have it back. But you're right. I don't know how long this lasts. The I guess the saving grace is it's not the ESA putting it on anymore. This is the company that's do, that does, I believe, PAX is going to be putting E3 on. So it's a different company doing it. So we're at least going to get a different vibe. 2023's E3 will tell us if there will be more in the future. I just hope it's going to be a good show. I guess our June episode will find out seven, seven, eight, nine episodes from now. You'll find out. <laughs> That's pretty weird to say, huh? Instead of like, oh, in 43 episodes, yes, you'll see you in 50. <laughs> Next door, we got Skull and Bones has been delayed for a fifth time, and its new date is March 9th. Let's just delay it a sixth and let's call it indefinite because this shit should be canceled. Uh, this You're game. Not fucking getting it. <laughs> this game was supposed to come out, I think, November 8th or 18th, whatever, the day before God of War Ragnarok. Like, if you weren't sending out a game to die, <laughs> I don't know. And it was funny. This game actually got delayed the day before the press was supposed to get their hands on it. This is going to be a failed project. It's literally, hey, we probably have some contractual agreement. We got to get it out. Let's just get it out and wipe our hands with it. No one cares about this game. Ubisoft doesn't care about this game. You shouldn't care about this game. Next. Hard pass. Sackboy, a big adventure launches on PC October 27th. That's the fifth PlayStation game this year to hit PC. The fifth PlayStation exclusive to hit PC. If you're not telling me PlayStation isn't invested like hell into the PC market, you're out of your mind because they absolutely are. And that's a good thing. 
more people should play. If you're not going to be able to on Nintendo and Xbox, more people should play these games. So it's good to see that they're going and finding a new audience on PlayStation. This game included. I haven't bought it yet because I'm waiting for it to be like $9.99 because it will one day and then I'll buy it because I've always been intrigued, but not at $70. Um, I'm excited for it to find the new audience on PC. I like Sackboy. I like Little Big Planet and I'm just playing the waiting game. <laughs> Cuphead is finally getting a physical release, but with a catch. Cuphead turns five, which is crazy. That game's been out for five years now. It's getting a physical release. It's going to have the delicious last course DLC included in that. All of that is great news. Here is not great news. Nintendo Switch. Cool. PS4 and Xbox One only. Uh-huh. Well, that's, that's odd. It's not coming to Switch. It is. Switch is getting uh, one, too. But oh, I mean, okay. like, I no, P- not Switch. Got no it, PS5 it. and no Xbox Series X and S. I get it. You'll still be able to play the PS4 and Xbox One versions on your new console, but they're not making native versions. I don't know why. Like, you don't even have to do any money, I guess. But like, I I get why they're doing it because those old consoles have such an audience. So like, and you can play it on the new ones. So like, you'll get both audiences. So I understand it. But like, I'm not in the market to buy PS4 games anymore. Guys. The last ever since the damn console came out 2020. Well, I'll say, yeah, okay, 2020, 21, and 22. My most played game on my PS5 has been a PS4 game. It's like, can we please, can we please get PS5 games only on PS5? And guess what? Ragnarok this year, also going to PS4. RE4 remake next year, also going to PS4. Can I've said it a million times? Can we please move on? Make some PS5 only games, please. I'm begging you, please. I want a reason to buy them. I want a reason to turn the console on. The only one that's interested to me right now, a PS5 only game, is a goddamn remake of a 10-year-old game. Like, can we please get some shit to play on (laughs) PS5? Hopefully soon, my friend. And the last story we have in gaming ended it on a downer, but no surprise to us, Google Stadia is dead. Yeah, in January of 2023, they're ending ending it all. They're <laughs> ending all the the uh, support for it. The technology will remain. They'll probably license that out because cloud technology, they'll keep trying. <laughs> and it's like, until you realize that people just don't have high-speed internet everywhere yet, yeah. then you're, you just, you've lost the fight. Uh, but, <laughs> but the interesting and very cool thing that Google is doing, they are refunding their customers who bought the controller for stadia oh that's awesome they're absolutely refund and like that is a neat thing um and i'm i'm i say you know what your shit failed but like a plus customer experience there like hey you're not gonna be able to play our stuff you can't even turn it on it's uh, that's the thing about cloud if the nintendo switch died tomorrow and they stopped selling games and making games and they moved on to the next thing and they said switch is dead i can still play everything that i own because it's not on the cloud but with stadia being cloud gaming needing internet needing servers needing everything to run that once it's dead you can never touch it again that's why in 20 years stadia was never going to work because in 20 years you're not going to play it like you could a nintendo or a playstation 2 and just plug and play the beautiful thing about those old consoles is they as long as the shit works they last forever so uh, nice on them for doing the refund 
because there were at least a dozen people that bought it. So, uh, you know, there's that. So, yeah, ending on a down note, but with a positive ending to the story that I at least I appreciate what they're doing. Uh, Let's end the show mercifully, uh, because, again, uh, inside baseball, Zencaster died and we're on our second trip through the recording machine. It's late. Let's go home with our CGC spotlight. Let's end episode 300 in a good way. And we are going to end it in a bang. Again, shout out to my boy, Neil, uh, Keystone Comics on IG. And also to him, he's actually traveling to Charlotte. He will be watching the, the Philadelphia Union game on Charlotte game on October 1st on Saturday. So let's go, boys. Let's get that W. Doop doop. CGC Spotlight this week. We have Green Lantern number seven. This is the origin and first appearance of Sinestro. Also the first appearance of Tegra. This is an 8.0 off-white pages. John Broom's story, Gil Kane and Joe Gila cover in art. This came out in July, August of 1961. This is a Silver Age growl. This is a book that's been going up and up every single year. To see this book in an 8.0 or better, you just don't see it. Or if you do, people want, you know, four grand plus for it. I, he got this years ago for a steal. I remember I had to push him a little bit to get this book. Because, you know, it was, it was an expensive book at the time. And I think at the time, it was his most expensive. Again, Sinestro, he was a Green Lantern, becomes evil with a yellow Green Lantern. And he starts the Sinestro War Corps. And he is absolute badass villain. Probably one of Green Lantern's best, probably probably their best villain I think they have. Um a book, they are 751 universal copies graded on the census. There are zero nine eights. There are only two nine sixes, five nine fours, eleven nine twos, twelve nine oh's, twenty two eight fives, and twenty four eight oh's. Again, not many in high grade. All the grades kind of fall in that like you know, the five to seven point five grade. So to get this book in eight oh that's not cream pages. You know, again, the paper quality back then it wasn't the greatest. So a lot of the Silver Age, Golden Age books, they got that cream. So for Neil to get that off white pages, I think it's a steal. If you're a Green Lantern fan, this is a must have for any collector's collection. Green Lantern number seven. Man, you just don't want to end it, but that's it. That's the episode. Episode 300 is in the can. Hell of a ride, brother. God damn. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for the last six years. The ride's not over, but it is slowing down. <laughs> Nothing's <laughs> the tra- over. The train has a f- few less stops on the way. Uh, you- you'll just see us pop up sometime in the month of October. Yeah. So with that, it will, it, it'll actually have to be before Baltimore Comic Con. So it'll ha- it can't be on the last week of October, so just to give you a little inside baseball there. There you go. You'll see us in the next three weeks. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you for the last six years. Thank you for the last 300 episodes. Thank you for the 40 plus interviews we did. Thank you for letting us have commercials with the ESO and We Be Geeks Network. Thank you for letting us try out a podcast network of our own with the last podcast and the Ryan Simmons power hour or whatever it was called. Thank you for everything you've done. The DMS, the texts, everything, the suggestions. Thank you for letting us do Saturday mornings 
and then Thursday nights. And then thank you for letting us go on a hiatus and then coming back stronger than ever. Thank you for migrating the cast box for us. Thank you for yeah. everything. It was. And, and always our DMS are always open. Yeah, questions you, you can always always talk to us. We're like we say, we feel like it, it sounds like we're going away, but we're not. We're always going to be there. Social media, we're still going to be there. Still going to be joking away. So this isn't goodbye. This is just a see you later. Thank you so much for everything. We'll see you next time for October. Make sure you feed them wiglets to the magic card.